You know, issues in marriage stem from the very beginning. We're going to watch a little video about that. Big. Looks better on you than the previous owner. What? I'm having a hard time losing these last few pounds and sparing your children, and that's the best you can do? I look better than a goat? Thanks. Babe, you know you are the most beautiful woman on the planet. <laughs> what? I'm the only woman on the planet. Well, I can't help that. No, and it's amazing that as the only woman on the planet, you still can't seem to remember my birthday or give me flowers once in a while. Well, I did give you a rib. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Since you haven't mentioned it for an hour, it's like your free pass to never lift a finger for me again. Never lift a finger? I'm out there busting my rear all day. Food just doesn't pop up from the ground. I have to get it with the sweat of my brow. Since someone went and got the ground cursed. You think farming's hard? Try raising those kids. Try giving birth. Well, if someone wouldn't have taken advice from a talking reptile. Oh, here we go. Are you talking to me, you little snake? What? Oh, jump off a bridge? Oh, I would, but they haven't been invented yet. Oh, eat this fruit? Well, you look like a pretty trustworthy snake. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, well, we were until you went and pretty much ruined it for all of mankind, so good job with that. I seem to remember you taking a bite, too. Well, I thought I was eating from the tree of the knowledge of restfulness and serenity. Right. It's never your fault. Besides, what was I going to do with a fallen wife? That would just be weird. Oh, you fell for me? You're an idiot. Idiot? I named every single animal. Right. Great job with that. Uh, a prairie dog is not a dog. A seahorse isn't a horse. And a bald eagle isn't bald. Well, I was going pretty fast. Artbark? Platypus? Okay, they were at the back of the line. Not everything can be cat or rat or bat. Hippopotamus? Yeah, well, a woman was taken. <laughs> okay, how many gorge do you have back there? That was a joke. Not good for men to be alone. <laughs> no, it's great. Uh, so it even happened back then <laughs> I hope this is a little bit helpful to you and I want to ask us you know why do we react negatively to each other why how do we motivate each other What do we do if our spouse does not respond? Hmm. So we're going to talk about some of these things. And I'll open our Bibles then once again to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to read the verse that we talked about yesterday. I hope that you did enjoy last night. I, I enjoyed speaking it and I'm... I become energized in speaking this because simply I know the importance of the topic. 
But I hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, great, because that was all the entertainment. Now it's preaching time <laughs> and now it's teaching. So we're going to get now into the nuts and bolts, so to speak, of this. And let's go look at our Bibles there. Ephesians chapter 5. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular, so, speaking to the men, so, what's the word there, men? Love his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she, say it ladies, reverence her husband. Many times in counseling and dealing with people, we realize, hey, what's the problem with, typically it's the men. The women are they're they're engaged. They want to be able to come. They want to be able to help people, and they, they want to help their marriage. And, and they see their 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 relationship oriented, and they're the ones that are engaged, trying to make things work. And many times, we as men, we stonewall. Why? Because it's always our fault, right? The ladies come and they share, and sometimes we think. What can we do to be able to help men to be more loving? Because that's the problem, right? If men were more loving, the whole marriage, everything would be perfect. Right? What would help to motivate? We look at this verse here and we get to thinking there. We see if the motivation factor is in place. Things can move slowly, very smoothly. Unfortunately, many times it does move slowly. We see here what we call the energizing cycle here. We see an illustration of this. What can we do? How can the men be more loving? Well, usually they can be more loving if his love is motivated by her respect. Her respect helps to motivate his love. Wow. You know what? His love helps to motivate her respect. Her respect motivates his love. And the marriage is designed to be an ongoing, wonderful, energizing cycle. We're energizing each other. We're respecting one another. We're loving one another. We're trying to see each other through the pink and the blue. And we're trying to understand the hearing aid thing. We're trying to be able to understand the uh, the decode the words that are coming through the megaphone there. We're trying to be able to energize and help each other in an ideal world. He is energizing her. She is energizing him. Oh, that's wonderful, isn't it? Beautiful. But the problem is that's not where we always live, do is it? <laughs> no. And by the way, it happens to even those of us that learn it and teach it and everything else. Oh, yeah. Had a couple people come to me last night. So, so are you guys like perfect? <laughs> no. Whatever you do, just don't ask my wife that one. <laughs> the problem is we don't always live there. So what what would de-energize? What would demotivate? Of course, it becomes a little bit obvious. Without love, she reacts. Oh yeah. 
Remember the air hose? We got it over here. Without love, she reacts and she reacts usually very negatively in a very disrespectful manner and she reacts without respect and without respect, he reacts without love. And it goes on and on and on and on. Most couples today, if we are honest with each other, we mostly, we live right here. And we put up with each other a little bit. We've somehow, we've created a toleration zone where I can put up with you, I, you can put up with me. We're always in this crazy motion and we're, all we're trying to do is we're trying to pacify, pacify each other and not to do too many triggers to make it set off too greatly. Hmm. We live right here. But God by design has not designed us to be that way. His design is just beautifully right here. He wants us to motivate and energize each other. Oh, how beautiful. The problem is, is any time that we start teaching about something like this, and any time we start teaching on a marriage seminar of some sort, there is always a fear that, and let's, let's, let's just be honest, there's always a fear if, if I do what I'm supposed to be doing, what if my spouse doesn't? I'm going to get taken advantage of. I'm going to be the abused one. I'm doing all that I can. But what if she, what if he doesn't participate in energizing? Hmm? Sometimes that's a fear. Don't raise your hand. That's where we get here. He loves regardless of her respect. She respects regardless of his love. Whether we be rewarded here on earth with a wonderful, energizing marriage, or we are rewarded in heaven one day for doing our part. It doesn't matter. Because it's a total spiritual dimension. We're going to talk about these three cycles right now. Throughout the day, we're going to talk about this. Right now in this session, we're going to focus on craziness. Ha! We're going to start there. We're going to stretch that a little bit long. I hope, I, I hope I'm not going to... Um, you know, delay this too much in the first session by one. I mean, this is where most of us live. And this is where we get to real quickly. Sometimes it, all it takes is just a look. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I didn't say nothing. You didn't have to, I don't. <laughs> all right. Or it's a word. Or something that you say sometimes to the children. And really it is, it's a slam on the spouse. And the children are used as sometimes that happens. Well, yeah. We have to be careful. This is where we live mostly. Some of us may have started on that way this morning. On the getting on the way here. Or trying to get the right coffee or split their uh, I don't want that muffin. 
I want the other muffin. <laughs> you said we were going to share. You ate all of it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go ahead and flip to the next one. We're talking about the crazy cycle. We're going to keep on that one there. And I hope that we can be able to be a bit of a help there. Open up your, uh, your notes there to that. I'm going to try to follow the notes there. I am a not, believe me, I, I'm sorry. I do not have the gift of teaching. Um, and so I usually just speak and I'm preaching and I'm, I'm going and all of a sudden as I'm lecturing sometimes to students and everything's done, they're just wrapped up in what I'm saying and everything's done and they look down and they go, oh, we didn't write anything. <laughs> so, so anyhow, I'm going to, we're going to try to follow this and this is beautiful. I appreciate all this that was put together, but you know what? Through life, as well as when you're outside having a picnic, messy does happen, doesn't it? How can we be able to navigate through this? All right. Couple principles that we're going to be able to lay down. I hope that you are ready to adjust your glasses and adjust the hearing aids. All right. As we begin this focus on the cycle that most of us stay on. Are you ready to adjust them and ready to learn how to decode? All right. First of all, we're going to go right to our first point there. In marriage, mouth matters. In marriage, mouth matters. We need to think before we speak. Oh, how we need to be careful. All right. Uh, you're starting to get us on the crazy cycle already, all right? Come on. <laughs> if, you, if you notice in the passage that we, were, we just read, in Ephesians chapter 5, which is once again the pinnacle of the Bible, which is talking about the home, about the family, about children, and everything, especially as it goes into chapter 6, dealing with relationships there. We have in chapter 4 and the beginning of part of verse 5, a lot of verses that has to do with our communication. Stop verse if you chapter four, verse twenty-five. Stop the falsehood and speak the truth. I'm paraphrasing here. Chapter four, verse twenty-nine. Stop the unwholesome words that's and only speak those that edify. Chapter four, thirty-one and thirty-two. Stop the clamor and slander. Be kind and forgiving. Chapter 5, verse 4. Stop the silly talk. The coarse jesting. And be thankful. Chapters 18 and 19. Verses 18 and 19. Speak in psalms and hymns and in spiritual songs. And all this is referred to right before these classic passages on their marriage relationship. Luke 6 verse 45 says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Oh, how we need to be careful. Not only do we need to be careful what comes from here, but typically what comes from here is something that has been built up in here. 
And we need to be so careful that we have the right attitudes here that we truly love, we truly respect, we truly honor God and our spouse. Why? Because it eventually will come out here. Oh, how we need to be careful because we need to watch what we say. How can I expect or love? Excuse me. How, yeah, how can I expect love or respect uh, or expect respect if I speak the untruthful, unwholesome, unforgiving, unthankful, or unscriptural words? We need to think before we react. As a matter of fact, what I try to do is I try to have a planned reaction. I'm a planner. And I want to make sure that I react right. We have to make sure we pre-program ourselves to make sure that we try to do what's right. Wives often feel insecure in their husband's love. Why? Because he wants her to, she wants him to communicate and to be able to communicate that love. But you know what? She doesn't expect romantic poetry daily. You're on. She's realistic. Men need the assurance from their wives that they truly admire them. Respect them for who they are. And somehow they feel like that message will come through. You don't need to say that and verbalize it every day, although it would be good if you did. But they want that to come through in your communication. One cannot speak perfectly all the time, but in the book of James, it says, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And how many times we are set off on this crazy cycle just because of one small little thing that we have interpreted wrong and all of a sudden it sets us off. We can ask God to help us talk less imperfectly and to be able to speak more wholesomely. Proverbs 16, verse 23, the heart of the wise teacheth his mouth. <laughs> you know, I always thought, you know what, it's kind of unfair in the book of Proverbs. It says that the wise always do wise things. You notice that? Yeah. Well, that's not fair. What happens if I think I'm stupid? All right? Like, sometimes I'm told that every once in a while. So how am I going to be able to do wise things? If we endeavor to be wise and we are doing biblically what God says wise people do, the natural reaction and the byproduct will take place. God, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to communicate right. I don't know how to communicate well. I don't know how to show the respect I need to. I don't know how to show the love that I need to. But one thing that we can start on is we can start acting wise and being wise. Therefore, we can be wise in that we can teach our mouth and add learning to our lips. Proverbs 15, 28, the heart of the righteous studieth to answer 
Interesting words there. Studieth to answer. But the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Whoa! What a beautiful word picture that sometimes that happens in the marriage relationship. Man, something happens and it all of a sudden pours. That happened to me when I was in Africa and I was, I was learning Swahili. And I was always struggling to be able to say the right thing and to be able to use all the noun clauses and everything, the verb agreements and everything just to be just right. And it was always a struggle. It would take me three days to write out my Sunday morning message. Man. It was a struggle. But all of a sudden, one of, one of the nationals there would tick me off. And all of a sudden, I got real fluent real quick. It would just flow. <laughs> and later on, I would walk away. Oh, man. I don't know. I knew all those words. <laughs> but you know what? That's what sometimes it happens. All of a sudden, it will pour forth. But what, what type of person allows things to pour forth? It says, the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil. It's not the wise. Not the righteous. The righteous studieth to answer. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth. Those hot button words can cause trouble. Each one of us knows the hot button words that's already in our relationship. It doesn't matter whether you've been married a month or you've been married 25 years. Woohoo! All right. Or further on. It doesn't matter. We all know those hot button areas. Sometimes we like to dance around them a little bit. Hmm? <laughs> we have to be careful of the words. Sometimes we use the words, you always do this. No, I don't always. And often we use these as judgment. But really what we're trying to do is intensify the situation. No, they don't always do that way. That may have been a snapshot of just a moment. They don't always be that way. No. We're just elevating it. We can be able to stop the elevation of the situations. Sometimes someone can be able to say, excuse me, can I, can I make a suggestion? <laughs> and the other spouse can say, don't try to fix me. So we come in trying to fix a situation, trying to... Uh, sometimes, some of you ladies, you're constantly instructing your children. I mean, you do every day. You are constantly 24-7. You're instructing your children constantly, constantly, constantly. And then your husband walks in and you can't turn it off. And you start instructing him. I had a perfect illustration of this. That happened just a few months ago on an airplane. Not with my wife. Uh, <laughs> I, I got on the plane and I, was, and I was seated right next to a pilot, a commercial pilot. He, he wasn't dressed in his uniform. He was, he was just dressed in civilian clothes. But as soon as I came in and I sat down and I kind of mentioned to him, I said, oh, no, we're on this style of plane. Every time I leave on this kind of a plane, I am always delayed. I don't know what it is. And he turned to me and goes, you're exactly right. 
He says this plane is constantly is a one that's prone to issues. He whips out his iPad and he starts going through all the demographics of the plane and so forth on his iPad. And, I'm, and he's, a, he's a professional commercial pilot. I'm like, this is cool. I mean, I, I've flown. I mean, I'm not a pilot, but I've flown. I'm a, I have several pilots in my family. And I, I love it. I love to learn that. And it's exciting and it's neat. And we're talking about all the issues and so forth on the plane and the takeoff and how to be able to plan on all that. And what are the issues of this particular jet and the engines and so forth. And all of a sudden, the two ladies that were in front of us turned around. And one lady said, excuse me, sir, would you please put your inside voice on? <laughs> my typical male response would be excuse me ma'am put your face forward and you talk to the sweet lady that's sitting next to you but I realized you know and I kind of laughed and I helped the pilot to laugh a little bit I said yeah we're probably talking about uh, plane issues too much, and uh, people in front of us are probably a little apprehensive. But just her response, excuse me, can you put on your inside voice? Have, men, have we ever heard anything like that or something similar? Usually because we need to. But we have to be careful with the instruction. Sometimes we men, we're, we see a situation, and immediately we're prone to fixing things. And sometimes our ladies don't want us to fix something. They just want us to shut up and listen. They're wanting to communicate it. They're trying to be able to sort through a situation here. And many times they're sorting through the situation as they communicate. And they're communicating. And other two ladies, they'll bounce things off each other. It's incredible. And they're talking about all the different things. And eventually they'll sort it all out. But you know what? The man's first reaction is, okay, I know all these things. I'll give you a three-point outline how to take care of it. <laughs> Especially if you're a preacher, you give a three-point outline and a poem and an invitation. <laughs> the only problem is, is when my wife, who is also a good speaker, when she demands an invitation, she demands uh, repentance right off the bat. <laughs> but be careful what we say in marriage. Mouth does matter. Another thing here we see is, I got a little Frenchy on this one. Vive la différence. Difference is okay. It's not wrong. It's okay. It's okay. You know what? We can view things differently. We can have the pink. We can have the blue. We can have, we can laugh about all the different things. But you know what? When you're in a situation, it's not always funny, is it? Sometimes you've got to be able to back up and laugh at it. And we'll talk about some of the humorous ways we can help to de-intensify it. But you know what? Different is okay. Remember the verse we mentioned yesterday where Jesus says, Have you not read that in the beginning God created them? What? There's no coincidence that that is actually, that's a quote from Genesis 1, verse 27. It's no coincidence that the Bible is very quick at the beginning, first chapter, to establish the different creations. 
just quickly to establish there's male, female. Then allow the it's more by putting Adam in the garden with the orders to cultivate and to keep. Then that later he noticed that it's not good for man to be alone. The one thing for us good men to realize is that we are the incomplete creation. Sometimes we feel like, hey, I got it all put together, baby. No. We are the incomplete. God did create a help meet. Very few men can just do well, very well on their own. Some men can. God bless them. I'm not one of them. I realize I need a help meet. I am incomplete. But on the flip side of that, what was the purpose of the creation of the woman? She was to be the, what word? Help meet. And you know what? That is in by no means a degrading term. That is your pedestal. That is your throne. That is the wonderful area that God has created you to come alongside, to be that help meet. And whenever he thinks he's got it all together, you just remind him, hey, people, remember you do need me. <laughs> and he'll be very quick to admit that. We are the incomplete. All was fine in the garden until sin entered. Then everything changed. The field became cursed to the man. Much sweat and struggle. And you know what? No matter how much the man works, his field will never be what he wants it to be. He's always going to struggle. It's always going to be a turmoil. Why? We have a sin-cursed earth. And we under the curse of sin. And no matter what, our work is always going to be a struggle for us. It's never going to be exactly what we want it to be. And because of that, God did create us to be achievement-oriented. We identify ourselves through our work. What's one of the first questions a man will ask another man? What do you do? He identifies with the work that he is doing. That's who he is. The achievements that he does. That's how he gets his self-worth. Blue. However, pink. All changes for Eve, too. God created Eve to help Adam to give birth to a family. After the fall, though, she is cursed in the family. Pain and struggle and childbirth. She is under the rule of her husband. In love, of course. Likewise, as Adam, her area, her field, so to speak, is in the home and with her relationships. And you know what? No matter how hard she struggles, how hard she tries, the home and her relationships will never ever be completely what she wants it to be. She's going to be struggling more too much. 
That's how she identifies. She identifies, she is relationship oriented. She identifies, she gets her own self-worth, her own self-identification is through her home and through her children. The Lord blesses that way. I mean, one of the first questions two ladies talk about is, so, how are you married? How are you sitting How many children? Where are you home? Where, where would you live? Ladies love to go in and see how each one decorates and how they all set up. Don't you love some of you ladies going through some of the ritzy areas of town and they have their lights on and the windows open? Get to look in. <laughs> see how they're decorating and see how they... And why? Oh, they, they can see how they identify that and it's so neat and all the little ideas. and Why? That's because it's important to her. Different is okay. We just look at things so completely different. And it's because of the difference that things can't continue to cycle. Another area I want to be able to talk on. By the way, there's a, a phrase here. It's not wrong, by the way. It's not wrong, it's just different. We can be able to get that in our minds. How we negatively affect each other is often the cause of each one not perceiving things through another person's perspective. We need to realize that. Different is good, not wrong. Number three, let's go on on here. Assume your spouse has your best intentions at heart. Choose to believe in your spouse's goodwill towards you. Whenever our spouse... Whenever we have those inevitable points of anger or frustration or confusion, we must see them as a good-willed person. We did not all of a sudden go to the marriage altar and say, Hey, I hate you. You hate me. Let's get married today, all right? (laughs) No. There was love there. There is adoration there. It's another word for respect. You desire to be able to be together. You had goodwill towards each other. And before too long, all of a sudden, we start to lose that. And Satan clouds our mind. And don't forget, Satan is a liar. He's the father of lies. And Satan will try to put lies in our heart and in our mind and be able to speak in our ears and say, she, you, you know what she meant by that, really? No, we don't. Tries to get some of our ladies to try to read too much between the lines here. You know what you really meant? We need to be able to realize, and before we start going ballistic and start going on this cycle, realize that our mate is goodwill the great history, the great chapter on love I'm going to read it real quickly here has a wonderful phrase in it first Corinthians 13 I'm just going to read one verse here first 
Talk, of course, the Bible's talking about charity, suffered long and is kind. Charity envieth not, vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. You know, every once in a while we need to read that chapter to help with our marriage relationship in a little bit, you know. And analyze how we love each other. Doth not behave, here's a verse I want to focus on, verse 5. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Not selfish. Hmm. Is not easily provoked. Ooh, how many of us can admit that we have a short fuse? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Is not easily provoked. And here's the phrase I want to focus on. Thinketh no evil. Just that phrase alone can be able to help us to be able to realize in our relationship, you know what? Our spouse is a goodwill person. There one day we loved each other. They are the father. They are the mother of my children. We had that admiration at one point, and it is still there. Although Satan likes to cover it up and cloud it up, it's there. We need to believe in the goodwill of each other. Whenever our spouse's failings, deep down we know that our spouse does not mean evil. Of course not. Does not intend harm. Truly cares. But the problem is, is that we've got everything too clouded up right now. We're watching things from our perspective. We need to believe in the goodwill of our spouse. We may have wonderful intentions, but unfortunately we don't always deliver on some of those intentions, though. Remember Paul, I will paraphrase here in Romans chapter 17. He says, I don't do the good things I want to do, and I keep on doing the wrong things I don't want to do. I can testify to that. And you know what? The battle between the spiritual and the flesh is going to be an ongoing reality for your entire spiritual life. For the entire rest of your life, until God calls us home, it's going to be a spiritual warfare, baby. Are we ready to be prepared for it? The problem is, is that we are not, as the Bible talks about in Ephesians, putting on the armor. That breastplate of righteousness, the truth. We talk about all the different aspects, but we have to realize that every morning that armor has got to be physically put on or we're going to go out in that day and we're going to be susceptible to those fiery darts of the devil and we wonder why we gave into temptation. We wonder why we gave into anger. We wonder why we reacted the way we did and we're going to put our head, our head on the pillow that night in our bed and we're going to wonder what happened? How did we get so crazy? Well, how we need to be careful and realize there is the good nature, goodwill. Sometimes the feeling comes, you hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you, so you'll stop hurting me. Boy, that's a good way to stop the cycle. But many times that's our reaction, so it? You hurt me deep down, 
So I'm going to figure out how late I can really get back at you. So you, so you can stop then. But that doesn't stop it. That keeps it going. And then she's hurt. He's hurt. And then it keeps it going. And that's, that's where we are. We need to have a statement here. I will choose to believe in my spouse's goodwill when they do me wrong, whether it's intentional or unintentional. A good way to look at our spouses are, is through the video of our life, not a snapshot. Any one of us can pick out snapshots of our life, small little segments, and be able to recall something our spouses did. You've all heard the phrase, the guy says, my wife doesn't get hysterical, she gets historical. <laughs> we men are just as guilty as the same. We can be able to pull up snapshots in our life. Yeah, but I remember, don't you remember you did that? And you remember that? You remember? Oh, 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 well, we can go through the list, can't we? But we need to realize, no, we got a good will. Look at the video of our life. Your spouse is not that way. That is not their intention. That is not the way they are. That is not who they are. They are goodwill. They love. They admire. They want to do what's right. They want this marriage to continue on. They want our children to be raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. They realize that if we live on this cycle, what about the next generation? Some of you ladies, you have sons. to make sure that you put the respect and the desire for that and try to do what's right to be able to build up in your son. He's not my husband, yes, but you know what? He's a male. He has that inner desire. Same thing then with our daughters. That love. Try to have the sensitivity that's there. Try to be able to reach out. We've got to be able to turn this around a little bit. Because you know what? that next generation. What about your daughter-in-law? How is she going to do your son? Mm. What about your son-in-law? We've got to be able to turn us around and many times they are watching how we react and how we are in the home. Now, let's get to some practical things. How can we get off the crazy side? How can we get off? Well, several things I want to say. First of all, I think the first one is very obvious. Number one, don't step on each other's air hose. <laughs> we all know it's there. Whether or not you've, you've visualized it yesterday and you realized it, you knew it was there. There's something that's there. And I can, I, you can physically see when your spouse, all of a sudden, the air goes out of you know you did so. Don't step on it. Intentionally or unintentionally, as soon as you have, try to do all that you can to be able to rectify it. Don't, especially down intentionally, don't intentionally step on it. If we could just do that, step one, we can be pretty far along in our marriage relationship. 
We all know the hot buttons. We know the things that sometimes are the triggers. We know that some of the areas that can be issues in our life. And we know that things are there. Let's not intentionally do it. Not only that, but we need to make sure those tanks are regularly filled. Not only do I want to cut off the airflow, but we got to make sure it keeps on flowing. And it's full. We've all, we've all heard things talk about some of you guys that drive overnight, you drive truck and stuff like that. You talk, you hear people talk about your sleep bank. You've got to make sure you sleep well enough because after a while you're going to start losing it and you're going to lose your effectiveness on the road. Guys that are operating heavy, heavy equipment. And there's tablets that the doctor gives you that says, do not take if you operate. <laughs> Why? It'll, it'll, it'll help to limit that. You know what? There's a love tank and a respect tank for each and every one of us. Not only do we don't want to cut off the airflow, we got to make sure that it is filled with all the stuff that we know it needs to be in. Over simplification, but it's a good point to acknowledge. Number two. Decode each other's messages. Decode each other's messages. Now, this one's probably some of the, one of the more difficult things. Because now we're trying to view things through each other's perspective. Do you remember the illustration I gave last night about the guy going on, a, a, on his um, had an anniversary and wanted to take his wife out to the restaurant? Do you remember that? All right. I'm going to repeat it just briefly for the sake of the recording, okay? But remember, the guy says he wants to be able to take his wife out for anniversary. I'm going to take you out. It's going to be real special. Let's go out. Wonderful. Where do you want to go? Oh, I don't know. Then eventually it gets to, oh, you decide. And he goes back and forth. You sure? You sure? Oh, yeah, yeah. What do you decide? Oh, yeah. Then he decides, okay, great. Where's that great steak we talked about? Where is it? <laughs> At the big truck stop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> great chef, boy. He whips it up good. She goes ballistic. I don't want to go there. You said I could choose. Are you the same woman that just talked to me a few minutes ago? <laughs> What was she trying to be able to say? Now, let's look things through the pink perspective. Pink perspective is, if he loved me as much as I love him, he would figure out where I want to go. <laughs> so I wouldn't have to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Yes. Okay, pink. I want to hear pink. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. 
blue. What was our perspective? She lied! <laughs> hey! God has created us differently and he's created the women to be able to be so very sensitive and they're very wonderful and that there's so many things. Communication is so important to a woman. Not only is she listening to what you're saying, she's reading between the lines. She is decoding everything. She's decoding things from other women and everything. She is communicating. She's knowing everything that's going on. The guys, we look at things at face value. The ladies are connected. And how God did all of that just through a little rib, I have no idea. <laughs> but let's decode that a little bit more. Pink would say... If he loved me, he would be more sensitive and read between the lines of what I'm trying to say. Guys, she doesn't want to admit that she wants to go to the nice restaurant that's down on the square, that has the cute little decor, that has the nice little round tables, and costs 50 bucks a plate. She doesn't want to have to say that. She wants you to think just that. <laughs> Mostly ladies don't have that high of a thing. They would just be happy for a nice happy meal if it was a good relationship there. But, you know, my <coughs> anniversary. You suggest it. She wants you to be able to be sense enough to read between the lines of what she's trying to say. You know my favorite restaurants. You know the places I like to go. You know those things. I want you to choose. I want you to be able to make that suggestion. And I may, I will jump all over it. Yes. If you love me like I love you. Blue. He's thinking if she respected me, she would stop condemning me every time I am slow to figure out what she is trying to say. <laughs> we are all laughing at this type of scenario. You know why? Most of us have been there in one way or another. Whether or not we're willing to, to, to televise it or not, we've all been there. Once again, women are more relational. Men are more matter-of-fact. Ladies, if I can I give you one thing? We men, we don't get hints easily. How many of you ladies have already figured that out? <laughs> Those have been a very long time, both hands up. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. So don't force us to do that. Help us. Help us. All right? And guys, you know what? We need to help to decode what's going on. Yeah, sorry. 
<laughs> hey, honey, you just did 25 years. Let's make sure. <laughs> hey, you know what? We've got to be able to decode this. <laughs> Women follow their hearts. Oh, yeah. But men, we times we're matter of fact, we follow our heads. Ladies, realize that. Men, we need to realize where we are and how we need to respond and help to decode. We need to focus men on what, not only on what's being said, but on things that are not being said. Oh, that sounds like work! Yeah. You know what? If you want a good marriage, it's work. Ladies like the game of romance. They like the game of wanting to be affected one to another. And that's the sad thing with today's generation right now. You see a lot of guys are not willing to pursue a good girl. They're just looking for someone that's going to be an easy catch. But you know what? If you've got a quality lady and every one of you do, we men have to be able to learn how to decode that and how to be able to romance that situation. We'll talk about that next hour. Ladies, say amen. Amen. All right, here we go. <laughs> Decoding. Another illustration. Here's a story about someone, a couple that's in a car. This is a true story. This is what this happened. The wife will tell Brett the husband. So, what are you thinking? <laughs> Guys, be careful. <laughs> All right. As many times we're just thinking about the road, we're thinking about nothing, you know, we're just driving. <laughs> you know, ladies realize men don't multitask. <laughs> all right, if I'm driving, I'm driving, all right? <laughs> it's boring for a lady to do one thing. She's got to drive, she's got to do her makeup, she's got to talk on the phone, she's texting, she's, I mean, it, 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 her world is flying, going. Well, we're driving. <laughs> the guy says, I was just thinking of how critical you are. <laughs> Ladies, how are you reading that? Woo! That lady had been to one of the sessions. She says, I knew my husband was goodwill, and we'll learn how to be able to ask some things. So she said, What part of critical do you mean? She's reading between the lines, guys. And of course, he's thinking. Good. Well, you know, honey, I was just thinking of how 
I want to make sure I put this right. <laughs> I make sure I get my words right. Is I mean, our family couldn't exist without you. You are so critical to everyone else. She testifies later, that spared us through a fiery crash that was just about to take place in a few minutes. <laughs> but decoding, realizing the goodwill of our mate. Decoding, what are we really saying? How can we be able to decode? We, we can be able to look on several different factors there. We can, is our spouse coming across to me as, we can ask these questions here. Is my spouse coming across to me as unloving? Because they feel disrespected. Once again, it's what happens. When our wives are perhaps coming across as disrespectful, is she doing that because I have done something that was very unloving? In other words, let me put it down on the cookies on the bottom shelf for us guys. We just stepped on the air hose. She's not getting air. <gasps> She's reacting. But because of pink, she reacts in a very disrespectful manner. And what many times we need to be able to ask ourselves, if she is acting in this way right now, is it because something that I just did? And vice versa. We need to ask ourselves that. When reacting, we can be able to ask ourselves, if what am I about to do or say will come across as unloving, or disrespect. That's how we can be able to decode. Is my spouse coming across that way to me because of what I have just done? Will my reaction come across as this? Sometimes we can be able to ask clarifying statements as such as that wife did. Well, she was smart, wasn't she? I'm sorry. What did you mean by that? Don't assume the worst. Which is usually where we always go. But understanding the goodwill of our spouses. Try to ask for clarification. There's different things that we can be able to say. Never say, you're being disrespectful. Boy, that's really going to go far. <laughs> what you said was so unloving. That's not going to go anywhere. We don't go there. There's some things that we should not say. We could say something to the fact of this. That felt unloving. Have I just come across as disrespectful? We'll talk about a way that can diffuse a situation. We're asking a clarifying question. Something that just happened, you've hurt me. Something that you said hurt me. Instead of taking it, we go back to our corners and we brew about it and we build it up and pretty soon a little a little molehill becomes a huge mountain and we've created some massive scenario that our husbands or our wives are so horrible and they're the distant cousin of Hitler himself and it's so horrible. We could have diffused it right then. Be able to say, hey, 
that hurt? Have I come across in a way that, boy, that can help to diffuse that? Never blame your lack of love or respect for your mate on their lack of love and respect. We're not in the blame game. Because that puts us on the cycle. Sometimes we can be able to use a little bit of humor to lighten it up a little bit. And by the way, humor really helps to diffuse a situation. If you can teach your mouth. If we can be able to program an answer. Questions, a statement such as this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. are we trying to get on the crazy cycle? Sometimes that can go realizing what we just did. Oh, hey, honey, I think your blue or pink sunglasses are fogging over. (laughs) You're just seeing it from your perspective. Sometimes you can say, hey, hand me your glasses, please. I'm not seeing it from your perspective. May I borrow yours? Uh, May I borrow your hearing aids? I can't hear what you're trying to say. (laughs) If you're over 60, don't ask for your mates hearing your hearing aids. They may physically give it to you, okay? (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about symbolic later. (laughs) Hey, you're seeing this in pink or you're seeing this in blue. I'm not seeing it the way you're seeing it. Can we agree to disagree? And acknowledge that there are differences. We will see things from completely different perspectives. And sometimes in a relationship, you're not going to have 100% agreement on everything. Let's admit it. But sometimes we can be able to say, hey, we agree to disagree. Let's, 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 let's have it to where we are not going to be in conflict on this. And we can be able to have a truce. Amen? Pardon me, but you're standing on my air hose. (laughs) That can help to diffuse it. Little words that we can be able to say to help decode and to be able to clarify. Lastly, very quickly. Forgive. Be ready to forgive and seek forgiveness. Forgive each other as Christ forgave us. He sympathized with the offender. What did he say on the cross? He says, for they know not what they do. Yeah. And many times, you know, our mates sometimes don't understand what they're doing either. Sometimes they do. (laughs) But sometimes they don't. We must learn to forgive and to seek forgiveness as Christ did. They know not what they do. He relinquished the offense to his heavenly father. What do we just do? We are to cast all our care upon him. Mm -hmm. Amen. Not only that, but Christ anticipated his father's help. 
He anticipated it. Do we anticipate God helping us in our relationships and the way we are responding? Are we anticipating God's help? Oh, he wants to. He wants to help so much. Let's be able to help each other with God's blessing so we can get off the cycle.